Welcome on and all to episode 148 of the original Draft Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox. With me tonight, my co-host, Justin Higdon. And Justin, a slight, slight divergence, just a slight, from the normal banter about the uh, 2022 NFL Draft while we uh, talk a little bit about the 2022 NFL free agency period. Now, it's we're recording Monday... March 14th during the tampering only period. So none of these deals are official. So, Oh, I think, uh, I think the tampering period ended at noon earlier. Well, no, the, the, they can't make any of the deals official until Wednesday at uh, Eastern time. So these, so by the time you listen to this, there's going to be a ton more signings. Yeah. And, and, and things could change potentially, it's very rare. Uh, it's very rare that guys don't sign after they've agreed to a deal, but you never know. But so, you know, if we have a super hot take on one of these things, uh, don't hold us to it too much, but definitely hold us to it because yeah. <laughs> we, we've got some fire takes to get off today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, we got some trades that went down, and we'll mix in some draft talk to you because a lot of this stuff has some draft implications. So, um, the first big one, you know, the really, really big one that happened uh, last week was a trade. And and that was a quarterback who's been rumored to be on the move. And uh, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers, but it was Russell Wilson going to Denver. So you, we've had uh, t- discussions several times now about Denver possibly being in the mix for drafting a quarterback at nine overall. Uh, that pick now belongs to the Seahawks. And Russell Wilson is in Denver. They put, they paid um, a pretty hefty price, but really still seemed like a good deal for Denver. Uh, giving up four players, a couple picks, but you get you get Russell Wilson, who you know it's, even if you think he's on the downside, he's a major upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater and he, and anybody they could have picked at nine overall this year. Yeah, I mean, their options were Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Bringing Teddy Bridgewater back or, or staying with Drew Locke, and clearly they weren't interested in that. Uh, mm-hmm. since and they, Locke goes to the Seahawks in that deal, too. Yeah, and so, you know, clearly they had their their thoughts and what they were going to do. Um, when you look at this trade, it obviously takes the Broncos out of the mix at quarterback. Do you think that this moves Seattle into the mix at nine um, to draft a quarterback? I mean, in theory, it does, but I, I really just don't. Uh, I really just don't see them thinking there's a quarterback value at nine. So uh, they they have made a couple of they've brought back their safeties. Uh, Quandre Diggs resigned with them today, and. Uh, you know, but it's some people are starting to connect the dots to quarterback there, like Malik Willis. But I'm not buying that, so I think Seattle's going to use that pick elsewhere, maybe defense, maybe O line. But uh, no, I just I really don't see that they made this trade with with a quarterback in mind for this year. And they're in an interesting spot, right? Pete Carroll's I think 72 years old, so you don't. Yeah, wanna... I still can't believe he's going through this. Uh... This whole thing, like I think he's just crazy. kind of a laid back dude, and 
you know, he, he coaches probably because he enjoys it. He doesn't. He never seems stressed out to me. So yeah, he's not like so. One of these coaches on, that seems like a ball of nerves. Right on consensus mock draft um, or the NFL mock draft database, Malik Willis is the most popular pick. Thirty five percent of mock drafts has him going at nine now. Um, yeah. Still the second quarterback off the board. Can he pick it at? at at number six is 26%. But I just, I don't know, man. Like, if it would be odd to see them go quarterback there at nine, um, unless they really, really like what they saw from Malik Willis. And I don't, I mean, they probably didn't even meet with him at the Senior Bowl and stuff like that, right? Because they still had. Russell Wilson under contract? I don't know. I mean, I think they probably did their due diligence. You know, uh, the the old adages that everybody meets with everybody at these things. Okay. Um, you know, they're obviously they're going to be more involved in doing homework. You probably hear about the Seahawks at different pro days. But I'm not buying quarterback at six or nine right now. Carolina's really. We'll talk more about it in a sec. But Carolina's really. Uh, heavy in pursuit of Deshaun Watson right now. So I just don't, you know, I, I, I don't think the NFL likes this quarterback class. And I think the quarterbacks, it's going to be a game of chicken. Um, a couple of the moves we're talking about today are for teams that look like they might be in the market for drafting a quarterback and they're going in other directions. So I, I think this is a pretty clear signal. You've got several quarterback needy teams and they're doing whatever they can not to draft a quarterback from this class. You've got at, uh, the Washington Commanders. I'm, uh, it's weird to if, say. If I, yeah, if I call them the football team or heaven forbid the, the R word, I apologize to everybody. <laughs> but it's bleep, been, bleep it if he uses that word, Rob. Yeah, I, it, I've, <laughs> I've called them that for 35 years, so it's tough. Um Carson Wentz was traded to the Washington Commanders. <laughs> this just feels like a prelude to them moving on to somebody else next year, right? Like, there's been a lot of negativity coming around Wentz um, in the last about month. And, and dating back to his time in, in, in Philly where he allegedly, and we, we're going to use the alleged term, but he allegedly – was rooting against the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs <laughs> because he was jealous. I I, I mean, was yeah. jealous the right word? Like I think so. And so, you know, it's um, I I I was shocked that they were able to trade him. Ron Rivera is probably one of the most respected football guys in the NFL. Right? Like he's just flat out one of the the more respected NFL guys. So you have to feel like if he's vouching for or, or on or in with bringing in Wentz, he's got to at least feel comfortable with it. Wouldn't you think? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I kind of thought the, as funny as it is, I kind of thought the reports about his time in Philly felt like piling on. Because I didn't think we, you know, first of all, we didn't hear that last year. Yeah, that when was the it, weird thing, right? Yeah. Like it, was, it didn't come out immediately. 
Yeah, it seems like that's kind of an important thing. If you got a guy that's such a, uh, you know, a diva that he was jealous that the team was winning a Super Bowl without him when he was hurt, uh, that doesn't seem reasonable to, for, that doesn't seem like the reaction of a reasonable person. It seems like that would have, would have come out. So almost feels like the Colts might have been putting it out there, but then maybe why would they do that when they want to trade him? But then again, they were kind of, trashing him you know it was it wasn't so much what they said but what they didn't say what they wouldn't say and they they really immediately seemed to shift into a different direction as soon as the season was over he was still under contract with them and they were like really wouldn't commit to to having him around so it was it was kind of surprising that anybody would trade what washington gave up for him um what was a second a third and a third that could move up to a second under certain conditions. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you're still giving up day two picks for a guy who's such a clubhouse cancer that he was rooting against his own team in the playoffs. I just don't, I'm not, and then he still played with them after that, right? They didn't immediately get rid of him after, after, him acting like that. I, I'm not sure I believe that story as much as I would find it hilarious if that was really what happened. But um, I do think there was probably some kind of pouting because, you know, he, he missed out on playing in the Super Bowl, And I kind of think that's normal. I, I, I'm not a Wentz guy and I never have been. And uh, I don't think he's going to be a success story in Washington, but I just don't really buy this one. It's a little too heavy for you. <laughs> it's just kind of too on the nose. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Mitch Trubisky signs a two-year deal to go to Pittsburgh. And and they're still kind of spoon-feeding Dwayne Haskins at the same time, right? They, it's they weird original- because the, the terms for Trubisky haven't – the financial terms weren't available to us as of this taping. And we were told that Trubisky was going to – be more valuable on the market than we thought. You know, we in quotes, we were told by them in quotes that Trubisky was going to to be more valuable. But a deal comes out and it's not even disclosed. Um, that seems like it's, it seems like Pittsburgh probably got him cheaper than people thought. And you're right, with Haskins, they tendered Dwayne Haskins with the, he's a restricted free agent. And they tendered him with the original round tender. Which means that anybody who tried to sign Dwayne Haskins would have to give up a first round pick. And obviously nobody's going to do that, but it, it does kind of seem, I know it's cheap relatively, but it does kind of seem like, um, the Steelers might like him a little bit. Why? Well, it just feels like they're genuinely throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. Uh, and so you've got basically, Mitch Trubisky that they're trying to hope becomes, you know, Ryan Tannehill 2.0. But then they have Dwayne Haskins, who they're hoping is, I I don't even know who Dwayne Haskins would would be, um, that he just turns out to be the the guy that people saw at Ohio State, right? So Yeah, they're just hoping that he's matured, he's doing, you know, he's working diligently, and I mean, they didn't have to tender him. Uh, he didn't play last year, but I feel like they must see something in him to to even put this, put him into the mix. 
Yeah, and they and still so, have Mason Rudolph. They obviously who they they obviously don't want to have to count on. Right, and so this feels like Pitt's completely out of quarterback at this point. And they were one of the favorites at their what twentieth, twenty first pick. Twentieth, mm-hmm. yeah, to to pick a guy, right? And people read into you know what Tomlin said during the season about wanting a you know wanting a more mobile quarterback. And uh, people, so people were linking Malik Willis with Pittsburgh. I suppose there's still a chance. Uh, that never seemed like it I never mean, seemed like what well, we never thought that was really going to happen. But now it seems even more unlikely with three quarterbacks under contract. Well, I mean, if they if they didn't exactly if they didn't sign Trubisky and tender Haskins. I thought, yeah, there's a really good chance that they draft somebody. But with Trubisky for two years, I mean, I, again, we don't know the the details, but with for two years, you have to assume that he's going to get at least one full year to to be the guy, and then maybe next year in a what looks to be a better quarterback class with C.J. Stroud potentially Bryce Young and then whoever emerges um, that you might see a guy like, or you might see a team like Pittsburgh then look to address the quarterback position. If they're even, you know, bad enough to be picking remotely high enough to, to do that. You know, the thing is Trubisky does fit the bill as a player who's more athletic than what they've had in, uh, in, you know, retirement home age Big Ben over the last couple of years. But um, I don't think – I feel like this is kind of a – you know, could this be a Matt Flynn type of situation where, you know, the Steelers – like I said, they're, they're, the teams are going to be playing chicken with the quarterbacks. Could a, could a quarterback like Ritter or Howe fall into the third-round range, like day two range? where Pittsburgh wants to take them and then maybe they, you know, it wouldn't cost them anything at that point to, to cut Haskins or right. Rudolph, and I, I don't think. And, so, and I do think that's a potential thing that they're doing. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to say this rules them out of the quarterback class. I think it rules it, them out of first round quarterback. Right. Like that, yeah. That's what I would think. You, you might be able to get a guy like, you know, if a guy like you said, like a Sam Howell, maybe he falls to the second, and that's where they like him, or, or like you said, a Ritter falls to the third. Uh, maybe that's I think where that Ritter and Howell, I think those guys will still be hanging out there in the second round. I really do. Yeah. Maybe third. Maybe yeah, third. and I, I, and I just don't. I mean, that seems absurd to, for them to take a quarterback in the first round. Quarterback that had been kind of mentioned of potentially ending up in Pittsburgh, um, basically told that they're out of it or that he they were never in it. Uh, we're, we're not sure. I mean, it just depends on who you read. Uh, Deshaun Watson. And after his legal troubles came along and for the most part have been – at least his um, federal, right? He's not being charged criminally. That's what criminal, we know. Yeah, there was criminal a grand legal. jury. They did not indict him on any criminal charges. So now, that's what we now, know today. Correct me if I'm wrong. They only, only, 
you know. But there were only nine women in the criminal case, but there's 22 in the civil. Uh, that's correct. Okay. As so. far as I as far as I know, yeah, 22 or 23. Yeah, there were there were civil. Uh, there's a civil suit that involves, I believe, 22 plaintiffs. There were nine allegations, criminal allegations against him. What it means when a grand jury doesn't indict, and I'm not an expert here, but it means that they did not feel they had enough evidence to, to move forward to move forward with filing charges officially and potentially gain a conviction. So that's pretty significant legally because it meant that it means that in the mind of this grand jury, they didn't even feel there was enough evidence to move forward with charging him. Okay. So when you look at that, it has, because, you know, as Steve Kime famously said three or four years ago, if Hannibal Lecter ran a four three, they'd look they'd call it an eating disorder, right? And, and right. we're not we're not making light of anything. We're really no. not. And I'm all, but, we're not making commentary on this either. We're we're just stating the facts as we know it. Right. But so the NFL or teams in the NFL has have decided that they're willing to now again once again begin the pursuit of Deshaun Watson. Um and notably Notably, that was uh, Carolina meeting with him. And was it Seattle? Was that the other one? Uh, no, he declined Seattle. Uh-huh. Um, it was Carolina and New Orleans. Okay, that's so, right. Carolina and New Orleans. So the rumor is that he wants to stay in a warm weather area. But and, as and, we and know... He, he, and he's from Georgia, so allegedly, mm-hmm. again... Rumors being that he wants to stay or get closer, play closer to home. And the hot rumor is that he, well, we know there's a, a, as of right now, when we're taping, we know there's a mystery team that he's set to meet with on Tuesday, March 15th. Just so happens that some internet sleuths have, found that Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, is flying to Houston tomorrow, presumably to meet with Deshaun Watson's team. That's interesting. We've heard that Cleveland is not in on it. Um, This could be a giant coincidence, but I feel like there's some, from what I've heard, there is some truth to the fact that Cleveland is doing their due diligence in uh, possibly pursuing him. So that's what I, you know, that's what I've heard. And I don't hear, I'm not a, a sources guy. I'm not a sauces guy, but uh, take it, take it for what it is. I mean, tomorrow, by the time you listen to this, this might completely be wrong. But uh, as of this taping, that's what we're hearing. When you look at Watson, um, do you feel like the rumors that he's being incredibly particular are true? Or do you think that teams that may have had interest have gone in another direction um, that now? Like, I feel I, – I text somebody, I'm not going to mention who it is, that um, – and, and after the – 
the non, I guess, criminal charges were not filed, um, that it's, it was odd how quickly all of a sudden the NFL was like, Oh, okay. Let's get this going. And, and Mm -hmm. it, it almost felt like to me, like an agent ploy that on some of these guys or some of these teams that there that Watson he does have a no trade clause which we know about that that Watson has turned down an opportunity does I mean maybe I'm misreading it but I really do feel like you know somewhat that they're overstating or maybe even overplaying their their hand a little bit it could it could be um, that he's being particular I mean I can also see you know these moves Washington. Uh, opting to Washington's got some problems in their organization. Uh, there were, there were uh, a lot of sexual harassment allegations involved in that organization. So it seemed like maybe them moving in a different direction was signaling. They weren't going to try and get involved. Pittsburgh, Dave, you know, yes, they had, they just are moving on from big Ben. They went through all this with him. So maybe they were reluctant to, Go to the same do it, well. Do it again, yeah. Right. Um, so, and then Tampa, Tom Brady comes out of retirement on, on Saturday, I mean Sunday, after, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson had been mentioned in conversations about the Buccaneers. So, it's a lot of, there. I think there are a lot of teams that were just completely, you know, reluctant to even get involved in this because there's still tons of, there's still a lot of civil suits pending here. You know, this has not been resolved by any means. And in fact, Watson's kind of in the same exact position he was in this time last year. The criminal complaints came later. So the NFL, these teams that are are sniffing around him, they could have done this last year too, and they they didn't. Um, You know, but Houston was also, I think, thinking that there was a possibility Watson would, would play for them, and then he doesn't play for an entire year. So now you've got a completely while you have this sim the same situation, you've got different circumstances as far as Houston is concerned. So um, it's it's a really sticky mess, and uh, some team's going to take it on, and because I think he will be traded at this point, but uh, it's you know you have to ask yourself from an organizational standpoint. You know a lot of fans are going to be angry. No matter where he ends up, a lot of media stories are going to be written. Um, this this issue is not resolved at all. Interesting take from longtime Houston uh, reporter uh, John McClain. He said today that. Uh, sorry, I just lost the quote here. Uh, that. He's rejected everybody but Carolina and New Orleans. That's McLean on on Deshaun Watson's next destination. I, I'm interested in your take on okay, New Orleans. You know they were they talent wise they haven't lost that much since Drew Brees. Michael Thomas hasn't really been the same guy, but they haven't lost that much in terms of overall talent. Um. But Carolina, 
that seems like an odd fit to me. Um, you know, you still have Christian McCaffrey there. You still have. Well, allegedly, he'd be a part of a deal that goes back to yeah, Houston. That has been that has been mentioned. Um, you have DJ Moore there. He's a receiver that a lot of people like. It does seem like an odd fit though, because it seems that like they're so far away. You know, they're they're and then drafting to give sixth. Up, yeah, and then to give up three first round picks. Right. That's and, and you know, is, is a team really giving up three first round picks? We don't know. Uh, there's so much propaganda at this time of year. We don't really know if that's the price. Is a team willing to give up that much? Is Watson looking at a, a you know, he effectively was suspended this this past year, but is he looking at another suspension or, or additional uh, time? We don't know. Nobody trading for him would know. Well, and, and that's the thing is he was never suspended formally, right? Like he was no. just basically – placed on the commissioner's exempt list by the Texans. So, yeah, I mean, to your point, like, standard practice has been eight games. Well, you know, what we see, Ezekiel Elliott got six, and he was never charged with anything. Roethlisberger got four, right? And, again, I get the same number of games as Tom Brady got for the footballs, for the deflated footballs. So – it's there's not been consistency on the part of the NFL. Um, I forget what Greg Hardy got ten for uh, assault allegations, yeah. and so there hasn't been consistency in this. Um, it's very much. Uh, I find the, the McLean report interesting because he seems like he would be the most trustworthy source on this, but again, we it appears as though Cleveland's owner is flying out to meet with somebody in Houston tomorrow on the, on uh, March 15th. So I have to imagine that, and we know, you know, according to other reports, uh, Josina Anderson said notably that, that uh, he's meeting with another team tomorrow. So do, we're doing the math here. Um, Let's talk about Jimmy G real quick. Yeah, we'll talk about Jimmy uh, G real quick. He's got he's still getting traded, right? Well, uh, our buddy, good friend of the show, good friend of of ours, Kyle Posey covers the 49ers, pretty dialed in there. Said he had heard, now this is, you know, again, this is just sources stuff that that they had a um they had a offer for a second round pick on the table. Mm-hmm. And that is gone. So if you go with that idea, they're going to have to release him, aren't they? I mean, maybe somebody, maybe somebody trades this a, a third or a day three pick that can go up to like a a third. But mm-hmm. if they turn down a second, that meant that they wanted something more, maybe. I still think that somebody will will flinch and offer them um, a pick. You know, I still think they'll get a pick out of this somehow. It's, but it, it's not going to be a second. It's not going to be no, a second. At this it won't point. be a second round pick. I don't think so. If that, I mean, if that's true, and uh, we're not doubting, you know, our, our our pal. We're, you know, things a lot of rumors this time of year. But if they really did turn down a second rounder. Then, um, yeah, I think that word's going to get out. 
And so another another offer is going to be a lowball offer. So they're going to have to decide what they want to do. And I mean, if it seems to me they'd rather take something than nothing. So I think there there are still enough teams. <clears throat> you know, we just mentioned three of them: New Orleans, Carolina, Cleveland. There's still at least three teams sniffing around quarterbacks who uh, might be interested in Jimmy G. So I still think Jimmy G is going to get traded. I mean, bottom line though, Seth is to circle back to get some draft talk in. The NFL hates this quarterback class, right? It, it's pretty clear that the, the NFL is not uh, these other teams that we're talking about. They could Cleveland's picking 13th. Um, New Orleans is picking what in, a tw- in a nineteen twenty somewhere in there, and then Seattle nine, um, Carolina six. None of them. All these other teams that may already made moves. Seems like nobody wants to draft a quarterback in the first round, and and uh, somebody's going to get stuck. Somebody will draft one eventually, but there, I still think there might only be one or two quarterbacks picked in the first round this year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because you're looking. I'm looking at this consensus mock draft right now, and, and again, this isn't. I think they're behind. I think the mock drafters are behind. Yeah, and this so this isn't anything other than what the most popular pick at each position is. And to your point, I mean, like it hasn't taken into effect really because Evan Neal is still the first pick in this draft. And you can't expect... Or Aquanu. We see Aquanu still mocked in the first round, even though they tagged Cam Robinson. Yeah, and then they signed uh, Brandon Scherf. Right. So, but Kenny Pickett at six, obviously that changes if Watson or Garoppolo end up there. Malik Willis at nine now to the Seahawks. Matt Corral at 11 to the Washington uh, Commandeers. Uh, <laughs> Zero chance that happens now. Corral? S- yeah. he, hasn't even, S- he hasn't even thrown a pass or, or worked out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sam He's Howell way behind the eight ball. Sam Howell at 20 uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We talked about him quite a bit. Um, and then Desmond Ritter at 32 to the Lions. And it does feel like now 32 f- feels like the right spot for a quarterback, right? Yeah, we've seen that a few times over the years where a team – Gets into that. We saw Teddy Bridgewater went thirty two. Lamar Jackson went thirty two. So that could be a spot. But if it's yeah, I feel so, like so that's it's gonna one, be it's QB one for two, two right now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be QB two of the of the draft. I think you'll see Pickett. You know, the and people think that they said the small hands aren't a big deal. The NFL thinks it is. The 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 GMs around the NFL, the personnel people, they're going to think that's a big deal. They're going to think it's a big deal. He has small hands, and that he's going to be 24 in June. I, I mean, that's just true. It's, it's I'm not making this up. You know, I'm not. I'm not just uh, pulling things out of thin air. That's going to be a problem. And uh, you know, I know people say, "Well, Joe Burrow had nine inch hands." Yeah, that's a half inch bigger than Kenny Pickett's, <laughs> and he yep. won a national title in the Heisman. And he was recruited by Ohio State, and he went to LSU. Like totally different. I, I mean, throw that out. So I think there's. I think we're going to see um, that this that this this league hates this quarterback class. You got a hot take for us? I do. Um, 
real quick, I wanted to talk about um, the Browns traded for Amari Cooper, and the Jags signed Christian Kirk, or they're going to for like eighteen million a year. Now that's a fake kind of fake contract. We really know it's like two year, thirty seven million or something like that. Um, Which I just is want to get you real quick. Eighteen million a year, right? Right. Yeah. I just want to get your real quick take. Is the NFL also lower on the, the receiver class than we think? Or is this just uh, Jacksonville trying to make a splash in free agency to get some good press? Uh, I think it's that because there's two things. One, as you said, um, the Browns traded for Amari Cooper. I think that guarantees them the, the wide receiver they want. We have to remember they also, you know, released Jarvis Landry after trying to trade him for a couple weeks. Um, and, and no avail. you should mention they got Cooper for a fifth in a swap of six round picks. They got him dirt cheap. They do have to pay his, you know, $20 million contract. A year. But- yeah. A $20 million a year contract. However, we just looked there. They basically can cut him at any time without, without penalty. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's an interesting take from them. or But I think it guarantees them the wide receiver they want. I'm more interested in the fact that they, they basically got rid of Jarvis and added Amari. Now, I know they are different receivers in terms of what they do. However, I don't think this precludes them from taking a wide receiver now. No, it doesn't. And I think it just gives them flexibility at 13 because, um, you know, you're going to have potentially you might have the best receiver, the top receiver still there at 13. We've talked about this when we've done our mock drafts and um, there might be a couple teams ahead of them that take a receiver, but they could have a choice there. Uh, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave and or they could have some defensive end fall into their lap there. Karloftis is a popular mock draft pick. I think that it gives them flexibility to take the defensive player there, which would be that, you know, it looks like Jadavian Clowney's moving on. It'd be a good pick for them to take the defensive player and then you, you can circle back to receiver in round two. So, uh, the Cooper trade, Landry was always going to be gone. The contract was too much for what he gives them. Okay. Cooper gives them some insurance at receiver. They're still going to add to that receiver room. It sounds like they're out on the big free agents though after this. So I do think they're going to draft one early, but it could be day two. And I don't think what the Jags did does anything because the Jags decided to pay um, basically $57 million to over the next two seasons to uh, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Yeah, the Zay Jones one was weird to me. Um, but maybe the Jags, you know, just stacking the class. I think they're going to go defensive end number one, and then maybe they just wanted to um, get some insurance. In case somebody's not there at the first pick in the second round. Exactly, exactly. So, um no, I think the NFL, I think they're still going to like this receiver class, but I still think that there's only going to be like four four receivers in the first round, and some draft picks are putting like six in there. And I think we're going to talk more about that um, on Patreon this week. So give us a subscription. Two bucks a month, you get the Patreon every week. Um, 
I do have a hot take, though, now that we've talked about these free agents. I wanted to – it's about the Jags. All right, we've, we've mentioned this guy before. I think his name is pronounced Kluge. This is at Dave Kluge, spelled K-L-U-G-E, or maybe it's Kluge, like a luge. I'm not sure. Um, but I know we've, we've mentioned uh, Dave before, and he tweeted this earlier on Monday. Christian Kirk, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, Dan Arnold. I don't want to say Trevor Lawrence has no excuses, but the Jaguars have done a solid job of surrounding him with offensive talent. It's up to him to take the next step now. Um, Seth, Travis Etienne missed the entire year with an injury. Uh, James Robinson also became severely injured at the end of last year, and his health is in question. Uh, Marvin Jones, I think he's on the wrong side of 30. Dan Arnold? Dan Arnold mentioned in a tweet where there's no excuse. Uh, and Christian Kirk, we, we talked about, they, it seems like they overpaid him. But not only did they pay Christian Kirk, but he's a slot receiver. And that also seems to be where LaVisca Chenault would be most successful. But again, they signed, they spent all that money on Kirk and Zay Jones. It seems like they don't even like LaVisca Chenault. What is this guy? Right. Uh, what's what's Kluge talking about here, man? This is this is a terrible take. Yeah, this is a baffling one. Um, I I don't. I mean, Christian Kirk had his career year with Arizona this year in a in a contract year. The Cardinals wanted him back at eleven to twelve million a year. That's that's as high as they would go, eleven or twelve million. That seems reasonable. I mean, I don't begrudge Kirk for getting paid. Oh no, go get your go get your bag, man. Like, for sure, good for you. But um, but he's never had a thousand yards in a season. He's never had eighty catches in a season, like that. And now he's you're paying him to be your number one. And he's the um, and he's a two or a three, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, Marvin Jones isn't your number one, and LaVisca Chenault sure as hell isn't. So I don't understand this this tweet. Yeah, 32-year-old Marvin Jones. This um, is a tweet that can only come from fantasy Twitter. Right, because they've been high on these guys, and so... Right. And when you draft... I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I know I've said it to you in text and in conversations. When you draft 150 best ball teams every year, you don't have any skin in the game... You, you, you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. But uh, come on, it's pretty clear that it's pretty clear they're not high on Chenault at this point. He didn't have a good year. Right. And they're they're throwing money at free agent receivers. And they might draft one too. I mean, it's pretty, pretty darn clear that they are ready to move on. And our buddy John Shipley, who covers them, who covers the Jags, he's saying the same thing I'm saying. I'm not just making this up. I'm not a hater. I I, li- I actually like Christian Kirk as a draft prospect. Um, I think. Oh, uh, I, was, James- I mean, I, I like you said. I think with Kirk, if he's your number two, you're not in a bad spot. If he's your number three, you have one of the best receiving units in the NFL. Also, D- Kluge uh, was premature on this too because Dan Arnold uh, later in the day they signed Evan Ingram, so they're not even high on Dan Arnold either. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly <laughs> like, and you know, I, I have friends that are Jags fans. I, I hope Kirk. We love the balls Jags. Out. We love yeah, the Jags. I hope, I hope Kirk balls out. But I, I literally didn't understand the, the, the payday. Let's say that. Yeah. Well, like, and I'm I, looking and, forward and, to, and like uh, you said, it's it's only two years, so that makes it a lot different. But like, it's it's a lot of money over two years. Yeah, and and I hope James Robinson and, and Etn come back healthy too, because what Robinson's done in the pros is great. Um, Etn, obviously, you know they they paid a high price for him, and uh, he's a player that a lot of people have have high hopes for. We want to see him come back from injury. I know that uh, John Shipley tweeted earlier today that he was probably gonna rain on some people's parade when, when he gave his take in writing about this class. So I'm really anxious to um, read John's take on this free agent class for Jacksonville, but I got the sense he's not high on it. And uh, again, you know, when this take, and, and you know, I want to be clear. I've, I've got pals in fantasy Twitter. I love fantasy football. I love playing it, but uh, this is a take that can only come from a guy who drafts 50 best ball teams a year. <laughs> Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, just thanks for listening. You know, the last three episodes have been our highest rated episodes that we've ever done. Going back to, I mean, uh, as the new show, as the new show, uh, Draft Breakdown, being part of that back in the day was even bigger. But uh, thanks so much for you guys for listening. Um, subscribe. Uh, give us a five-star review. And we're going to start doing rankings for, we're going to start throwing out our draft rankings real soon, so stay tuned. Yeah, we're super excited about that. Thanks as always for listening, and thank you as always for subscribing. We'll be back later this week with our Patreon episode. We need to do an outro at some point. That Just something kind of... What I hear in other shows is where they're like, uh, you know... Uh, Subscribe and give us a five-star review. Sign up for our Patreon. It's $2 a month for our bonus episodes, $4 a month for all additional content. Something like that. Yeah, we should work on something like that. That could be it right there. A read, yeah. That's it. Exactly.